Wednesday. Welcome to the Colby Daniels Podcast, presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, or Delta 8. If you're unfamiliar with these products or their benefits, don't hesitate to give Artisan Botanicals a call. 405-458-9699. These items can help with pain, anxiety, or just opioid alternatives. So again, don't hesitate to reach out to Artisan Botanicals if you have any questions. Plus, we're saving you 15% when you order online. Abotanicalcompany.com. Use the discount code COLBYSHOW and you'll save 15%. They have a drive through for pickup, so it's easy, safe, and efficient pickup at Artisan Botanicals. And again, order at abotanicalcompany.com. All right, it is Wednesday and our weekly Wednesday conversation with Aaron Davis. Happy Cinco de Mayo, Aaron Davis. What's happening? Not much. Just uh, join the middle of the week. It's finally, it was a little sunny yesterday afternoon, but nice weather to start today. So I'm going to enjoy some nice weather today. Get out and uh, mow the yard because I mowed my yard last Monday and by like Thursday, it's like <laughs> a freaking jungle. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like. My dogs are like, I lose my dogs in my grass because it grew a foot in like three days last week. I don't have that problem because uh, our dogs like to dig three foot holes in the yard, which is infuriating to me. And uh, I've, I've like, sometimes they're so disguised that like the mower tire will come off like the rim because you're just trucking along and then you hit one of these massive holes. Oh yeah. It's Extremely frustrating. I uh, I caught my dogs digging like once or twice. Like it, it's something that started recently with them digging in the backyard. But I've all for like since we moved into this house, I've had huge holes in my front yard, and I can never figure out where they're from because we don't let the dogs out in the front yard. And yesterday, I free, I found a freaking squirrel digging in our yard. Oh, I'm yeah. like I'm talking like they're just like turning over the like the grass and the dirt, and like I've just got globs of dirt. In my front yard, and uh, I think I finally found the culprit. So yeah. I'm gonna do some uh, humane squirrel hunting. There you go. There you yeah. go. Yeah, gotta dispose of those creatures. I also so I've become I've become super dedicated, like like an old man, to uh, making like my yard look nice and having like nice green grass and not having weeds and you know like bare spots and. Uh, so I've like really put some effort into making the yard look nice. Well, we've lived in this house for like over two years now, like maybe close to two and a half years. Never had an ant problem ever. And all oh. of a sudden, like in the last two weeks, maybe in the backyard, there are hundreds of little ant hills. Like, all, like out of nowhere, all of a sudden there's like these little ant mounds that have like popped up in the middle of the grass. So like where there used to be grass, now there's these, just you know spots that you can see anthills and it's oh it's i'm just beside myself yeah uh we we get bugs and ants every now and then but yeah the last like two weeks it's been insane like i think it was like sunday night i killed a spider like i just i smushed it with the shoe and i was like all right i gotta like go pee and then i'm gonna pick that spider up and it was like 10 minutes and I come back and there's like a swarm of ants that somehow got into my house <laughs> and are just like dissecting this dead spider. And I was like, it's like five or 10 minutes. Like where, what is happening? Good Lord. That's, that's a bad sign. 
Yeah. You know, that, so you know I, they're like camped out, like patrolling, waiting for an opportunity to see something to go grab. And then they're taking, they're seizing the opportunity. A hundred percent. So yeah, the next day I like sprayed the entire perimeter of my house. Yeah. Wouldn't I know it on the other side of that wall, there's just like hundreds of ants like crawling on the wall. Like, and I guess there was like, there's like little holes that they just like went through and I'm like, hmm, that makes sense. But they're just, yeah, just waiting for something to happen in there to just go I don't know, do ant stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Never yeah. they do. Did you happen to catch the Tonight Show last night? I didn't, but I saw your uh I saw your tweet and your Facebook post. The uh the Daniel fam Daniel's oh. family are uh nationally famous now. So good. So good. So we uh Lauren got a text last night around I don't know, like seven or eight o'clock maybe that said and, and it was from Channel Four that said Hey, uh, I think you're going to be on the Tonight Show. Like they've requested, um, they've requested your name from a clip from today's show. So she wasn't really for sure, like what exactly it was going to be. So we just knew that she was going to be on the Tonight Show. So we're all like piled in front of the television, like excited to see this thing, and they play the video. And for those that haven't seen it, at Colby underscore Daniels on Twitter. Um, it it like we we were doubled over in laughter and they it was so well done uh, by them as far as like putting the montage together of all these news anchors doing the the Yoda impression and they get to hers and then as soon as she does hers they they go back to Jimmy and his face was hysterical like it was so funny was that, was uh was that something that like K four was like? All right, Lauren, you got to do the Yoda thing, or was she like, "Let me do the Yoda thing"? I do a great Yoda. Let me do the Yoda. Well, it actually, this is what's what's so funny about it. It's actually not an impression. They had just put that in, on the prompter for her to read. Oh. She didn't know that the Yoda quote was coming, and she didn't get when she read it. It didn't register that that was Yoda. So she was just like confused and trying to read it like as if she was actually re just reading the prompter so that's that's why it's so funny but yeah funny. oh my god it was so hilarious like jimmy fallon's face when they cut back to him is amazing that's uh i don't know if it was intended to be a prank but that's a good prank that's like anchorman yes that's it's exactly like i'm ron burgundy i'm ron burgundy <laughs> yeah that's, go f that's yourself awesome. san diego that's uh that's funny though. I uh, that's cool, man. That that's yeah. that's like legitimately like. That's pretty cool. I the Tonight they Show, yeah, yeah. It's a freaking Tonight Show. It's I always the thought they pre-taped it, but I guess they maybe COVID changed everything. But yeah, famous. yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that that actually happened yesterday morning on Rise and Shine because it was Star Wars Day. You know they were. She was actually cutting to Lucas Ross, who was doing like a Star Wars bit in the parking lot with a bunch of uh, people dressed up as Star Wars characters. And yeah, they had like a whole thing. But yeah, they, they put that um, do or do not Yoda quote in the in the script of what she was supposed to say before she sent it. And again, not knowing that it was Yoda or doing a Yoda impression or like registering like what it was uh it just came out that way and it was hysterical uh yeah that's that's pretty freaking awesome uh, oklahoma city low-key has had a lot of uh 
like new local news clips though go viral. Like the, we've had the ain't nobody got time for that lady and like oh was, yeah, uh, <laughs> which is probably my one of my favorites of all time. It's a classic. Yeah, it's just sneakily in uh, in Oklahoma City, and then uh, there was the Tulsa lady with the the apartment fire. I don't know if you remember that one. I, I don't off the top of my head. I'll uh, I'll send it to you later. I'm not gonna right. I butcher the impression, but yeah, there was that one. Lauren's on there, like the. Uh, Oh man, I can't remember his name. The uh, sports guy that was in Tulsa that freaked out over uh, was it the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl? Who you know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, it may, be, it may not may not have been the Chiefs. It was the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. He's not at. He's not up there huh. anymore. Okay. Uh, oh my god, I know you know what I'm talking about. It was it went viral. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I can't remember his name. Harold something right? Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you now. Yeah, it took that took me a second. I was like, Eagles. <laughs> yeah, he was live, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a good one. Yeah. So yeah, Austin Lauren is. Uh, I, I I mean, do we say infamous? I guess. I mean, infamous implies that you're famous. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess it be, is it being infamous subjective. I get. I I think it is. I think it's somewhat subjective. Because, yeah, if she's not, if yeah. she's proud of it, then she's just famous, I guess. I, I don't yeah. know that she's proud of it, but she finds the humor well, in it. That's, I mean, that's right. the cool part is, you know, like she was laughing her ass off when it played last night. Like she, th she thinks it's funny. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, she, she's like, I'm the dumbest person alive. Like she, you know, she was just, she had fun with it. So what was her reaction after she read that? Like after when they, like when they broke after that segment or whatever, like, did she realize that she would just like butchered that Yoda thing or did it just not even register for like a while? I don't think it ever registered. Like, I, I think she just thought that somebody had like put Messed bad up. wording in on the prompter. <laughs> and so she was just trying to do the best she could with the wording that they gave her on the prompter. So yeah, I don't think it ever hit her. And, and the funny part is again, when they, when they let her know that, a clip of her was going to be on the Tonight Show. She didn't even know what it was going to be. Like she had zero clue. Oh, so she went throughout the whole day just being like, "Yeah." Well, it show. was a few hours because she didn't find out until, like I said, seven or eight o'clock last night. Right. But yeah, yeah. so she like she got she finished the show. She was like went about her day and she was like, yeah, "Oh yeah, it. yeah, it was good." Yeah. yeah. But literally, when the show started, she had no idea what clip they were going to play. She just knew it was Star Wars related. She was like, "I don't think I did anything Star Wars related." So. <laughs> There you go. That you know, that's she awesome. had no clue what it was. That's she way. Read. That's way better than her just being like, "Yeah, I know what it is." Yes. Yeah, for sure. And and literally not trying. That's funny. Yeah. So great. So yeah, infamous, I guess. Somewhat. The Tonight Show. I told. Uh, I told Carter last night after after it played. I, I I kept going. Hey, look at your mom. She's gonna have a star on the Walk of Fame. So he kept saying walk of fame all night and she was like, shut up. It was so funny. <laughs> she wasn't actually saying shut up, but you know, she was like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> you, we know, yeah. we, we know when it's, when, uh, yeah, they've had enough. Yeah. So, um, all right. I got to get your opinion on something that I saw on Twitter last night before we, uh, actually talk sports. Cause this really, uh, this really struck a nerve with me. So uh, a former coworker, Zach McCrite, 
posted a poll on Twitter. Did you happen to see this? I did. Okay. And the fact that there was like 5% that answered. Yeah. So, so the question was, yeah, as far as like putting on footwear, what is your process? And the options were sock, sock, shoe, shoe. So you put on both your socks and then both of your shoes. Or the second option was sock, shoe, sock, shoe. Which well, I mean, I, I, I replied something along the lines of what kind of psychopaths put on eight, one sock, a single sock, and then put on a shoe and then go to the other foot and put on a sock and then a shoe. How do you not just put on two socks? <laughs> That's like, uh, I, I don't even know what to compare it to. Look, I mean, first off, I go shoe, shoe. I don't even do socks. <laughs> socks are for the week. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's that's disgusting, Colby. That is uh, you, that's that's gross. Uh, no, I go socks, socks, shoe, shoe, because I'm a I'm a sane human being that lives in a civilized society. Right. And uh, I think that if you go socks, shoe, socks, shoe, there's like a I think there's a statistically proven you're 98 percent likely to be a serial killer. Yeah, you're a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Full insane. blown psychopath. Psychopath. Yeah, that's like, uh, like do you put your like pants and shoes on and then put your shirt on. Like I feel like that's equally as weird to like fully dress your lower body and then be like, all right, now it's time to do a shirt. Yeah, that's pretty strange. Yeah, you do your shoes last, and you do your sock both socks first, right? And then you put your shoes on. Well, explain to me the process of like, aren't don't. Aren't your socks in a pair? Aren't your socks paired? Right. So hey, you're right. gonna you're gonna unpair them, set one to the side, and say, "Sorry, sock, I'm not ready for you yet, but I'm ready for you, sock number one." And you put that on, and then you split up the shoes and put like, no, you you grab the pair of socks, you put those on, you grab the pair of shoes, you put those on. This has to be a compulsive thing, right? Like this has to be an OCD thing. For people where, like, they have to, like, do one side complete and then the other yeah. side. Like, uh, there's no, like, yeah. reasonable explanation to where you do it and it's, like, you don't think about it. It has to be a conscious thing that, like, right. you have to do it. It, it was brought to my like, attention that, like, what if you could only find one sock? And you, I was like, well, then I'm going to continue to search for a second sock before I put on one you, shoe. You're going to walk around your house with one shoe on looking for another sock? <laughs> right, that's crazy. <laughs> You find two socks, you find two socks, and then you grab your shoes, you put them down, both of them, you put the two socks on, and then you put your shoes on. Yeah. Or if you just, or if you're a slip the shoe guy, kind of guy on, you put your socks on, you slip your shoes on, whatever it is, but yeah, no, that's, that's insane. It's that's real crazy. Walking around the house with one shoe on, looking for a second sock is more crazy than doing it sock, shoe, sock, shoe. So, so his poll had 215 votes. 93% said sock, sock, shoe, shoe. 7% said sock, shoe, sock, shoe. There's so no there's no way 7% of people put shoes on like that. At two, 200, 215 whatever. people, that means minimum 7%, 14 people of the 200 that voted go sock, shoe. Well, those are people that I don't want to be around. Which, I look, I, I thought that, like, a psychopath was supposed to be, like, one in a 
a million, right? Not like 14 in every 200. Not in 2021. We've oh. gone, uh, we've gone full psycho with our lives and just put it. We're just, we're just throwing caution to the wind and we're putting sock shoe on sock shoe. It's just, yeah, it's gross. It's disgusting. I'm disturbed by it. Those people probably put their, they, those people probably put their belt on before they tuck their shirt in. Hmm. I mean, it's okay if you have the belt on, but I'm talking like buckled and like. Oh yeah, I was th- I was like trying like, to think of my belt process, but I don't. I, I don't, mean, I put the I'll put the belt on and then like tuck the shirt in. I'm talking like. Yeah, 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 but you don't like ahead, fasten it buckled. to. Yeah, yeah, you don't like reach the final stage of the belt until after the shirt is tucked in. Right. Yeah. Hell, the the fastening the belt is the last stage of getting dressed. You put your shoes on before you fasten your belt. I think that's I right. Do. I think that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I can. I can. I can go along with that. Yeah, I'm not trying to sit down with my put the belt on for more than right. I want. Although, I, you know what? I might actually say the the tie reaching its final stage is probably my last. Well, time. yeah. Yeah. I guess if you're wearing a tie, yes, the yeah. tie is. You uh, you a tie a tie one time kind of guy, or you? I was a. If I can help I it. My ties remain tied, and when I use them again, I just slip it over and fasten it up, and I'm, I'm good to go. Sometimes 100%. I have to, like, redo it, but if I can help it, it's just going to be loosened, pulled over the head, and stayed together for the next use. I, tie, I wear a tie so infrequently that when I do have to wear a tie, I spend an hour trying to tie it. Like, I'll, wa- I'll watch the same 90-second YouTube video on how to tie a tie at least 75 times. Oh, yeah. And, and by the time of it, the end of it, like, yeah. I'm on the verge of, like, being single and, like, being kicked out of my house yeah. and, like, potentially going to jail because I'm, like, I'm just livid. And I'm, like, I don't ever want to do this again. Yeah. And then, so I try to leave my tie untied or I leave it tied. And then inevitably, I don't wear it for so long that it becomes untied for some reason. Yeah. Through the process of like, we probably moved to a different house. Right. So then I just repeat. It's. It was, yeah. My there issue isn't as much about the tying the tie issue. Like, I always do bring up a video, but I, I, I'm pretty good at tying the tie. It's the length. I never start at the right point where when I get done, it's tied correctly, but it's either at my kneecaps or above my belly button, like nowhere in between. I never get it even close to the right length on the first try. It's either way too long or way too short. Yeah. If I had a dollar for every time that the, uh, the backside of the tie was a foot longer than the front, (laughs) be rich. I would be a rich man. Yeah. Oh, it's so brutal. Well, we uh, we finally reached the conclusion of the NFL draft. Can I just... I, I got to bring something up real quick because you're a former Texans fan and I, I'm really happy that you have a new allegiance. But I... Go cards. I was mind blown on day two over the commentary around the Houston Texans draft pick. So the Texans have a second round pick, right? They're... I don't remember what number it was. Maybe it was a third round pick. I think it was a second round pick. Uh, anyway, they they have this pick that they use on a quarterback. Davis Mills, quarterback, Stanford. They draft the quarterback. So after the second night ends, they're doing all the post-draft analysis. 
And I hear two different people bring this up. I, Todd McShay was one, and I'm pretty sure Lewis Riddick was the other. They acted completely shocked that the Houston Texans would draft a quarterback in this draft. And I'm like, what the hell have you been watching? What have you been paying attention to for the last couple months? A, the franchise quarterback that's already there doesn't want to be there and has asked publicly to be traded. Secondly, the guy is facing a mountain of legal issues. Who knows how that's going to work out? Who knows if he's even going to play professional football again, much less if he's ever going to play for your team. So this idea that they would not draft a quarterback or that them drafting a quarterback would come as some sort of shock to me was mind-blowing. Yeah, I mean, there's reports from NFL insiders that Deshaun Watson may not play this season, and they're like, there's some concern that he may never play football in the NFL again. So, yeah, his future in Houston is pretty much non-existent at this point in May. On May on Cinco de Mayo 2021, Deshaun Watson playing football in Houston ever again is like a tiny iota, microscopic chance. But, okay, so here's... Here's the counter argument that I've seen, and I kind of I kind of agree with it. They're so bad across the board, and they had they they didn't have a like like you said they didn't have a pick until 67 in this draft, and they only had five in total. So they didn't have a first or second round pick, and then they only had five picks in the draft, of which they didn't have a first, second, fourth, and then uh, no seventh, but the seventh. Yeah. Who cares? So here's the argument. They had so few picks. They're so bad across the board. Why waste your first pick in this draft on a quarterback when you know that there's like a 95% chance you're going to pick in the top five next year? Probably number one or number two. Just get fill your team out and fill your needs and let Terod Taylor and whoever, A.J. McCarron, whoever the other quarterback is, just play next season and then get the best quarterback in next year's class. If it's Spencer Rattler, it's Spencer Rattler. Uh, you're going to be so bad that it just it possibly makes more sense to, in that spot at 67, go get a cornerback or go get an offensive lineman or go get somebody else because, what, you're going to you're, – you're, look, you're going to waste that draft pick anyway because next year you're going to pick one and you're going to take a quarterback anyway. So it, it ends up just being a waste of a pick. Yeah, I mean, I would just say there are no guarantees. Right. I mean, it makes – look – the idea that you're shocked yeah. that they would take a quarterback because they have Deshaun Watson is crazy. Right. Like if you want to, if you want to go with that direction, I I totally get that, and what you're saying makes sense. And you know, again, if you want to, if you want to roll the dice and and hope that uh, next year you're in position to, to, you know, here's the other thing. Like maybe none of the quarterbacks that we expect to be first round picks this year. Maybe they all have terrible seasons or maybe Possibly. like there's multiple injuries. Like you never know. So like if if you want to roll that dice, then go for it. But at the same time, like this is a guy that has massive upside. I, I, he's he not does. a finished product by any means, but he has massive upside. And in terms of getting something that p- potentially helps you as much as the quarterback position at whatever pick they were taking him at, Maybe you do, but there's a really good chance you don't also. I I do think it's funny, by the way, that we joked about Kellen Mond going to Houston, and 
I firmly think believe that if he had not gone the pick before, they probably would have taken him. Yeah. Uh, but shockingly, Minnesota takes uh, Kalamon, which is weird. That was a weird pick, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, look, I just, I, I guess it doesn't matter because to kind of play devil's advocate to my own argument. It gives you more options. We talked about like the argument for Carolina taking a quarterback at eight. Right. And having Sam Darnold. Well, if Davis Mills turns out to be pretty decent and then next year they still get the number one pick and they pick whatever quarterback is deemed the top quarterback in the class next year, then they've got more options because Terod Taylor is not, I mean, he's a, he's a one year temporary fix. Hell, I don't even, Terod Taylor is probably not even going to start you know, majority of the games this year, because I imagine they're going to throw Davis Mills out there because like we said, they need to figure out, do they need to take a quarterback next year at right. one? And, uh, my guess is based on the history of that franchise, they probably wouldn't. They've only taken one quarterback, uh, in, well, I guess they've taken two in the first round. They took Sean Watson and then David Carr, but they've only taken one at the number one spot. And they picked number one, three, they picked number one, three times and they've only taken a quarterback once. Mario Williams and Clowney, the other two? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I mean, Mario at least Williams they didn't go running good. back. Like well, they at least well, took that, one of that, the premium positions, so that's yes, that is fair. Yeah. It's pretty defensible oh. to go running back number one. Yeah. Uh but and look, Mario Williams was good. Uh Jadavion Clowney was he was good at stuff, certain things. Great run defender. Like yeah. his run defense was amazing when he was in Houston. We know he's not the pass rusher that we expected him to be or hoped that he would be, but it's just, yeah, I don't know, it's just fascinating because you've got to be really bad. Like, if you're picking one, that means you're the worst team last year, and that probably means you don't have a great quarterback. Yeah. But I can't imagine next year, they, even if Davis Mills is, like, average, that they don't go with the quarterback again, but... It's yeah, maybe they, I mean, they do, might go in 16. The value of getting a quarterback that even shows signs of being good is through the roof, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if Davis Mills just shows that he's serviceable, somebody's going to be like, man, there's so much upside there. Like he played okay in Houston. Imagine what he would do on a team that has some, some better weapons or better offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate the pick. Like, it, there, it just doesn't matter. Like, they're going to be so bad yeah. regardless in twenty twenty one that it just doesn't matter. Um, I like the Nico Collins pick though that they made yeah. with their second pick. Like, he's he's a guy that's a bit of a gamble, obviously, but I think that he has potential for sure. Like, he's a big physical dude who, uh, I, he's not like uber athletic, I wouldn't say, but he's like he's very athletic for his size for sure. Like he could, he could break out and be, you know, an Andre Johnson type player for them. I don't think he's going to be that high, yeah. but like, you know, he's got the frame and the size and kind of the skill set similar. But I don't hate that. Like it's fine. The Brevin Jordan pick at tight end was fine, but uh, yeah, it did. They got matter. more athletic as far as pass catchers. And look, for sure, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not going to say Nico Collins becomes Andre Johnson, but they needed that kind of receiver. And yeah, they need an outsider guy. Yeah. And he, he, he is that like he's, he was exactly what they should have grabbed at that spot. Like they've had so many of the, you know, the small, like speedster type guys. They need that, that big six, four, go, go catch jump balls. Just go be physically dominant type of receiver. And, and 
whether he turns out or not, like Nico Collins is is the kind of receiver that they they needed to to complement what they've had over the last few seasons. So I, I I like that pick. I actually liked what the Texans did with those uh those few picks. You mentioned Brevin Jordan. Like I think that was a great value pick. A guy that obviously is really round, athletic at the tight end yeah. position. And um yeah, I mean it was just like I he he probably starts for them. Like that wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah, and look, I mean Brandon Cooks is one hit away from probably never playing football again because of all the concussions he's had. Um, that that receiving core they put out last year, it was just like it, it was like throw like building a house with like wood that had sat out in the rain for ten years. Like, <laughs> it, it might hold up, but any like any small contact, you're just waiting for yeah. it to just completely collapse. Will Fuller, shockingly, I mean, he didn't play the whole season because he got suspended. Never got hurt. Brandon Cooks never got hurt. Like, that's a freaking miracle in and of itself because both those guys are, you know, paper thin when it comes to injury luck. But, yeah, adding a guy like Nico Collins is great because DeAndre Hopkins was I, – I don't look at DeAndre Hopkins and think he's the most – he's, the, like, the biggest, most physical guy. He just plays so physical that – and he's so good. His hands are so good. That it makes it work, but they haven't really had like a true outside like physical dude since Andre Johnson. So yeah, Nico Collins just playing that role is something they haven't had in a long time. But it doesn't really matter because I mean, Troy Taylor can't throw downfield, so I mean that's not really uh yeah, you know he's not going to go up and catch contested catches a lot downfield, but yeah. It's, but but people will you know Nico Collins is going to demand attention, which will open up the dink and dunk game for Tyrod Taylor. So that's true. Yeah, uh, yeah. Chess, Aaron, Lindsay not checkers. Chess. Philip Philip Lindsay and David Johnson are going to have a hundred catches each. Great uh, uh, PP, uh, PPR league yeah. plays. Look, Houston and Detroit by far have the worst rosters in the league right now, and I thought Detroit had a significantly better draft oh, than Houston. Just Detroit had one of my favorite they, drafts. Just let alone that they had, you know, a first and second round pick. Thanks right. a lot, Bill O'Brien, to uh, from Houston fans. Yeah, like Detroit falls into Panay's stool because Cincinnati is. Look, oh my God! I if I had, I I got so frustrated over the weekend by these accounts like talking about, oh, who's going to stop this Cincinnati receiving core? Oh, blah blah blah. I saw one tweet from a PFF account that it was like. Who who's the team to who has the best offense in or who's the team to beat in the AFC North? And they had like comment for the Ravens, like for the Browns, retweet for the Bengals. And I'm like, what are you doing? Well, first off, they let the Steelers off. That's crazy. Which is stupid. Yeah. And what? Well, look, I don't think Cincinnati had a terrible draft. I, I actually I think, think they had a really good draft, but they recovered after I, their yeah. first two picks were. A little risky. Carmen is okay at forty six if you need a tackle, but well, he's going to play guard. Okay, they're going to bump him inside. So, okay, Jamar Chase is great. Like he's but he was hands down the best receiver in that class. But they just again they don't. It just wasn't a need. It wasn't an immediate need. Like if you just want to get a guy that can stretch the field, why don't you get Deami Brown in the, the third round? Like do something. Like wait, there are guys that can burn down the field if that's all you need. And then you take the best tackle in the class. They also drafted a kicker in the fifth round, Colby. Like, yeah, that was bad. Whatever grade they have, that bumps it down like a point. If you're doing <laughs> a letter grade, it goes from a B to a B minus immediately just from that pick. Yeah. Big a kicker. 
But uh, they uh, so on the offensive line, they got Jackson Carmen, who's going to play guard. Um, you know, I told you the the Bengals guy that I talked to said that they needed interior help more than tackle yeah. help. So Carmen's going to play guard. They got Trey Hill out of Georgia, who I also like a lot, and he'll play center or guard. So you got a little versatility there. And then they got a tackle in the fifth round that I thought was a top 10 tackle in this draft. One of my favorite players in this draft in Deontay Smith. Like to be able to recover, to still get a tackle with that much upside in the fifth round, I thought was a a massive home run. And it it makes up for, look, we agreed. Taking Jamar Chase over Panay Sewell in the first round was a mistake. But to be able to still on the offensive line, get Jackson Carmen, Trey Hill, and Deontay Smith in this draft when you didn't dedicate your first-round pick to the offensive line, I thought they really recovered from that aspect. Yeah, and look, obviously, they took three offensive linemen, so it's very possible that even if just one of those dudes hits and becomes like a a good starting lineman and they got Jamar Chase, then like good play. But just coming out of the draft to pass on the guy that everybody expects on paper and on tape and just physically, you look at him and he's a can't-miss left tackle in the NFL – it, it's like it's tough to like justify that in the in the big scheme of things, but it, it obviously it could play out because we don't know. Like Trey Hill could be an All Pro center, like we just don't know. Yeah. Like or Dante Smith could be an All Pro tackle, but you have to. I mean, we have to grade these based on the draft and what they needed and what we know of the players, not what they could be in five years necessarily uh, alone. But yeah, Cincinnati recovered outside of the picking of the kicker in the fifth round, which was yeah pretty stupid. They also Ooh. got. I mean. <laughs> Getting uh, I thought getting Joseph Asai in the third round was a good pick. Yeah. I mean, some people had him going in the first round. At the end of the first round, uh, for a while in a lot of mock drafts. They got Cameron Sample as well, who yeah, I out right. of Tulane, who I I also loved. Let me let me ask you this because I think there's a lot of teams like I went through it and there's a lot of teams where I really like their draft. Yeah, I, I like it was majority of the teams drafted really well. What teams, in your opinion, though, just completely botched it? Oh, um, I, I didn't like what the saints did at all. Uh, and yeah, it started with that Peyton Turner pick, um, who I felt like they drafted him two rounds higher than they 100%. probably should have. Uh, I didn't like their draft. The Raiders like were Ian interesting Book because in I, round. I, who the saints took Ian book in the fourth round. Yes. Like, yeah. That was the other pick. Yeah. I like, Oh, that's why are you so taking brutal. a quarterback at all? Why are you taking a worse version of Taysom Hill? Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, but they've already exactly they've already got Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, and they've already committed to both of them. Yeah. So why are you taking a court? Yeah. Why are you taking a quarterback in the fourth round? Yeah. Theirs really stood out to me as being awful. Uh, who else? I, I, I you know the, the Raiders. We were kind of laughing at the Raiders on draft night for taking Alex Leatherwood. They reco- that was a terrible pick, but they did recover. Yeah, and then they pick. traded up to steal Trayvon Merrick away from the Dallas Cowboys. So begrudgingly, you know, I, I they made up for that a little bit in the second Which round. We, but we jo- we joked about it Friday night that like if those were swapped, we wouldn't like. Yeah, it wouldn't be that big of a deal if they took Merrick <laughs> right. in the first round at seventeen, and then Leatherwood at forty three. Like, all right. Like, they still got the same dudes, but, like, if you just flop right, them. Right, because the order in which they took them, it's yeah. like, oh, why did you do that? Well, yeah, but, I mean, it doesn't make the Leatherwood pick stupid because there was no guarantee. Like, the fact that Merrick was there at 43 was, a like, a godsend. Like, that was yeah. pure luck that they fell into Merrick at 43, so. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the like, Saints to me stands out as, you know, like not as good as, as most teams. So I thought that uh, the ETN pick from Jacksonville, like, yeah. I, if you look, by no means was that a need at all. We talked about that Thursday night when we were doing the show is that running back just was not even – how is – if you have every position on the board, how is that even that, – that's got to be the last position that you're probably drafting for in this draft. You just had a no, a undrafted rookie go over 1,000 yards and look good. Like it wasn't right. like a – like the offensive line was just like you know opening up five-yard wide holes or whatever for him to get five yards. Like no, like he, he played on one of the worst offensive lines last year or behind them and ran over 1,000 yards and looked great. And then, but Urban Meyer coming out like an hour later and saying that ETN is just going to be a third down back. Like, that's just absolutely insane. Yeah. We'll see how much they actually use him within that offense. Like, is he going to line up? Like, are they going to line him up in the slot sometimes? Is he going to... He needs to play 80% of the downs. Yeah, he needs to play a lot, I think, to make that worth the pick. Because, again, you're talking about a running back that you're now going to pay first-round money to when you just got a guy... What, when was James Robinson drafted? Do you know? He wasn't. Okay, uh, you, you have an undrafted free agent rookie running back that went for 1,000 yards a year ago, and you're paying him peanuts. Yeah. And you're going to bring in another running back that's you're going to have to pay first-round money to that's not even going to be the guy? That, and, and does, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like I, I like Travis Etienne, and I think he can be an asset to that offense, but that pick just makes zero sense to me when... Literally every position on the field for them is a need, except running back. (laughs) Urban Meyer even said in that statement when he talked about ETM being a third down running back that they were going to play Carlos Hyde too, as well. Like, yeah, he's going, he drafted a running back at 25. Keep in mind, they had the number one pick, they were the worst team in the league last year. Yeah. And he, they wasted a first round pick on a guy that's going to split time with two other running backs. It's not like Ezekiel Elliott going in there. And you immediately, like DeMarco Murray's gone, you immediately know that Ezekiel Elliott has no competition in that backfield. Or even to compare it to Leonard Fournette with the Jags. When they drafted Leonard Fournette, you knew that Leonard Fournette had no competition in there. So it's a little bit easier. I mean, Fournette was a a terrible pick at four. But at least you know that like he's going in there, he's immediately going to be the starter, and you're going to build an offense around him, which they did. That, you know... His first couple of years, that entire offense with Blake Bortles was centered around just giving the ball to Leonard Fournette. Yeah. And now yeah, you he take was the ETN. Offense. Yeah. And now you take ETN and it's 33, less than 33%. It's 33% of the run game, not let alone the offense. Yeah. So bad. Yeah. Like they could have used an upgraded receiver. Like their receivers are fine. Like they've got decent receivers, but that position group needed an upgrade way more than a running back did. And they didn't take a receiver until round six. Yeah. And there were good receivers at 25 on the board still. Plenty of them. Oh, yeah. Rashad Bateman was available. Elijah Moore yeah, was still Baltimore available. Took him with the, Baltimore yeah. took him at 27, right? Yeah. Yeah, Elijah Moore was there. I mean, if you want to, like, it, if you don't want an outside guy, um, which, you know, if you, if you need the compliment to the pieces you already have, then Elijah Moore would have been the perfect compliment. Or Kadarius Toney. Yeah, it's... Or you drafted a... a you know, a, another position, and then you take one of the other slot receivers in the second or third round. Yeah. I thought that uh, 
Carolina's draft was a little underwhelming as well. I mean, they they walked away with some good players, but they just I don't know. They didn't get anybody that really blew me away. I I really thought they should have taken Justin Fields at eight. Um, I mean, rules reasoning for doing it was they kind of they wanted to you know build the entire team and not just focus on quarterbacks, but. I just, I don't know. I, I, you kind of talked me into Carolina taking a quarterback there just because yeah. it opens up so many options and just you're not really tying yourself down to one year of Sam Darnold and your entire future depending on him being good this year, which is really what they're doing. Like, because they're too good to be like they're not going to be in the top ten next year. I can't imagine if they stay healthy, they're going to be a top ten draft pick next year. So you're kind of. Pigeonholing, pigeonholing yourself to where if Sam Darnold's just average, you kind of have to keep him. Yeah, yeah, you're not really in a position. Yeah, I mean, we, we made that comment with uh, them and uh, Denver, right? Like, Denver's also one of those teams that not really bad enough to be a top-five type drafting team to get a difference maker at the quarterback position. So, um, yeah, I thought both of those teams, if they were in position to draft Justin Fields, they should have, and and neither did. Now, you know, it, it kind of sounds like the Broncos are still in play for Aaron Rodgers, and uh, I was told uh, on Friday after night one was over that the one of the big reasons they went Sertan was because they, they do believe that they're going to end up with Aaron Rodgers. So, Look, and that leads me to what I was just I was going to say next, is I, Green Bay had a terrible draft as well. I mean, first off, the Eric Stokes pick really is just a big middle finger to Aaron Rodgers because if you really want to mend that relationship, there were plenty of weapons on the board at 29 still. We talked about there's still plenty of receivers on the board that you could have taken at 29 that you know could have salvaged some goodwill with Aaron Rodgers if there's any left there. But they take a cornerback, and then the second round they take a center – when Green Bay had one of the best offensive lines last year, they were a top three offensive line in the league last year, if not the best. Yeah, they lost Corey Lindsley in free agency. Yeah, I, yeah, true, but still, like it, it wasn't necessarily like I don't know. It just like you wait until round three to get a weapon. Like the whole thing with Aaron Rodgers is that they never take give him weapons early in the draft. Like, have, has he ever had a first round pick that was a receiver? I think he's had one first-round pick, like skill position player, ever. Well, no, 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 I, no. In he hasn't. Fact, he hasn't. The only other skill position player that's been taken in the first round since Aaron Rodgers was drafted is Jordan Love. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, uh, I thought their draft was pretty bad, um, just for the fact that like it, it was their final like bullet to do something to get Aaron Rodgers you know, back in the building, but I, yeah. I think that thing's so fractured that, uh, uh yeah. what they did in the draft, I'm not sure makes a difference to be matter. quite honest with you. Yeah. I think he's, I think, yeah, it's more likely for sure that he doesn't play football ever again than that he plays for the Packers in 2021. Like them drafting a receiver. I don't think changes anything. Like once again, I think they're so far past that line. You trade him. If that's yeah. the way that the front office is thinking, why are you not just trade him? Because they're going to be stubborn. Uh, well, I don't get it, man. Like that's. Yeah. I mean, I, look. I mean, there's the reason that Green Bay hasn't made it back to a different, another Super Bowl because the front. I mean, 
We saw it with Mike McCarthy. It was the same thing with Mike McCarthy. And I mean, look, Green Bay's really lucky that Aaron Rodgers turned into a great player because those first couple years that, you know, especially when Brett Favre got to Minnesota and was playing exceptional, like the Green Bay Packers looked like idiots at that point, right? Like, Oh, yeah. That first year in Minnesota, Brett Favre was off the charts fantastic. I thought he, I thought he should have won the MVP that year. Yeah, for sure. Like, you can make that argument. And Green Bay looked so foolish in that whole thing. And then you got to remember, they were in the NFC Championship game, a game away from the Super Bowl when they decided to part ways with Brett Favre. So now you're in the same situation with Aaron Rodgers, who, look, just won the MVP, and they were a game away from the Super Bowl. You don't think Aaron Rodgers could go somewhere else and potentially do the same thing and make them once again look crazy? And here's the other thing. I don't think anybody feels like Jordan Love has as much upside as Aaron Rodgers had. No. <laughs> I don't even, like, did Green Bay drafting him in the first round last year even fab? Okay, well, first off, it it's unfair to say that any quarterback has the potential that Aaron Rodgers has because he's one of the... I, accolades aside, I would say he's probably one of the five best quarterbacks ever. Maybe top three. Well, yeah, but, I mean, he fell to the 20s for a reason. I mean, it's... Yeah, what 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 was the reason? Like I was it just the fact that like he played at Cal and like I don't in the I don't like what well, is it? A big reason was because not a lot of teams were going quarterback that year. True. But, True. Yeah, it was just I mean it was San Francisco or free fall mode and it probably would have been the same for Alex Smith if if it had happened in reverse. So uh but again like it was teams evaluated him and just felt like, you know, like even if you don't need him, if you really think this guy is an MVP, you're not going to let him slip to 23. So, for sure. I mean, 20 teams didn't think like that guy was an MVP. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Uh, I, I feel pretty confident that Jordan Love is not going to be an MVP, though. But I could be wrong. Like, I, I absolutely yeah. could be wrong. I haven't seen him play a snap in the NFL yet, but. Um, We'll see. Uh, I mean, I thought Aaron Rodgers was a first-round pick, and I definitely thought he was worthy of being taken number one overall. I mean, there was year. conversation that he was going number one. Yeah, which, uh, you know, the other way around. I, I didn't uh, didn't think Jordan Love was a first-round pick at all. But that's what, that's what so. makes the Aaron Rodgers thing so crazy is that he was in the legitimately in the conversation for being the number one pick in that draft, and then he fell 22 spots. Yeah. Like, that's crazy for a guy that's, like you're being either talked about being the first pick in the draft or the end of the first round. Yeah. Pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, what about drafts that you liked? So I, I wrote down Browns, Ravens, Bengals, and like basically everybody, but the Steelers in the AFC North. I liked what they did. Uh, I thought that just, I like the Cardinals draft just on their first two picks, but I thought they got guys later that have a lot of upside to potentially help. Not like stars, but just like, you know, like Marco Wilson potentially is a rotational corner. Um, Tay Gowan, again, a corner that's not very polished, but has a lot of upside. James Wiggins was a guy I was hoping Dallas would take in the late rounds as a safety, just an athletic freak. Um, You know, maybe he becomes a player for them. So, um, I have them on my list. Uh, we already talked about the Lions. I loved what the Lions did in this draft. Uh, the Chiefs and the Broncos. 
both were, uh, you know, the Chiefs, when you consider trading 31 and landing Orlando Brown, getting a left tackle that not only is proven in the NFL, but... Uh, they basically just got him for a first round. Yeah, play. I mean, like they, you were they, not you, going yeah. to get a guy that's going to be as impactive as... as uh, is that even a word? But Impactful? Impactful, there you go. Uh, you're not going to get a guy that's going to be as impactful as uh, Orlando Brown at 31. So you get a starting left tackle uh, for your 31st pick. You still end up with Creed Humphrey, who could be a perennial pro bowler in Kansas City. Uh, who else did they get? They got Nick Bolton to play linebacker. Um, Trey Smith, who I thought was uh, a, a day two guard. Uh, he has injury issues, but you know it, they got him in the sixth round. Uh, Joshua Kando, another guy that has injury issues, Florida State defensive end. He's like 6'7", 265, athletic, like everything you want. He's just been hurt basically every year that he's been at Florida State. But if he can stay on the field, that's another guy that that I think has massive upside. So I loved what Kansas City did. And then I, I like I love the Kansas City draft as well, especially I'm going to count Orlando Brown as their first round yeah. pick. So with their first three picks, I love those picks. I I'm a little curious now what they're going to do with the outside of uh, uh, the receiver position because I really felt like they needed like a complimentary piece to Tyree Kill. I mean, I, I guess you could say Travis Kelsey is that, but I thought they could use one more like a outside yeah. guy at receiver. And um, I don't, I don't know if Cornell Powell is that guy. Um, he's not very. He's like six foot. He's not really a, a huge receiver, but a little thicker, but fast. He's yeah. A he kind of fits what they have a bunch of right now. Right. But I mean, it's Andy Reid and it's Patrick Holmes. It's kind of hard to, and hell, Eric B still there. So I'm just going to assume their offense is going to be top five for sure. But other than that, I'd love their draft for sure. Yeah. And then like the Broncos, theirs is interesting because I thought they, you know, we talked about this. I thought they whiffed with the fields pick uh, or the non fields pick. But I like when you just look at their draft and who they got. I I love what they did. Yeah, Patrick Sertan. Uh, I was a big fan of Javante Williams, the running back out of UNC. They got Quinn Miners, uh, the center out of Wisconsin Whitewater. They got Baron Browning from Ohio State, who played all three linebackers for the Buckeyes and was just off the charts athletic as far as um, all of the measurables at his pro day, and then. What did you think of them taking two safeties in the fifth round? I like both of the safeties. Like, yeah, well, I mean, as a Cowboys fan, I hated it, but I love both of those guys. Like, once again, two guys that I was really hoping Dallas would be in position to take. Jamar I, Johnson and Caden Stearns. I, I think both those guys are NFL safeties. Yeah, which is, it's funny how it worked out because they kind of, they complement each other too because you, you potentially, like, you've got your two starting safeties for the future, I mean, they've got their safety situation right now is pretty decent. But, you know, if these guys are the starters in two years, like you got two safeties that can play at the yeah. same time. Yeah, Denver's draft was good. Um, but that's kind of just like the MO for Denver, right? Is you kind of just ignore the quarterback position and just let the rest of your roster be right. really good. Right. Because, <laughs> I mean, their receivers are good. Like, if Cortland Sutton can, is healthy and comes back and plays well from his torn ACL, if Jerry Judy continues to progress, like, adding Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon in the backfield, like, Noah Fant, like, they've got yeah. a really KJ good KJ Hamler, offense. yeah. Yeah. I mean, the offensive line outside of Garrett Bowles is an issue, obviously, but, uh, you know, maybe adding Quinn Miners 
helps them out if you throw them in at guard on the left side. At least you get the left side of your offensive line kind of shored up. But yeah, I like their draft. Uh, the three that really stood out to me as my favorites was Cleveland, obviously, which seems to be the popular pick as everybody loves Cleveland's yeah. draft. And how, I mean, how can you not love it? I thought that the Chargers draft was really good. And I thought that who was the third team? Um, Detroit's was good, but I wouldn't put them in my top three. Maybe Baltimore. I like Baltimore's draft. Uh, Kansas City. I think there's just a bunch of teams. Maybe a few teams that are tied for like third. But I thought that, in my opinion, I thought Bal- uh, Cleveland and um, Los Angeles had the best drafts. Yeah. yeah oh, New I- England. I thought New England killed it. Oh, yeah, for sure. They didn't, yeah, they got a quarterback in the first round. They didn't trade up for him. They got Christian Barmore in the second round, which is a massive steal. Yeah. Ronnie Perkins, like, I mean, we might be a little, I don't want to say biased, but kind of know what to expect better than people that didn't cover OU. Right. Uh, Ron J. Stevenson in the fourth round, like, great draft. Yeah. by New England to really fill out what they need. And they spent the money in free agency. Like, I mean, it all depends on the quarterback position. They had the worst quarterback in the league last year, in my opinion, as far as throwing the football, like Cam was easily the worst quarterback in the league. So yeah. if he goes back to being Cam from like 2017 or 2018, or Mac Jones is good, then I think that they're going to be right back in the playoffs and, you know, competing in that AFC East division. Yeah. You mentioned Baltimore. Tylen Wallace goes, uh, let's see, pick number 131 overall, pick 26 in the fourth round. I think that's a massive steal. And when you look at the pass catchers there, both he and Rashad Bateman complement what they already have really, really well. So I thought they did great. But on Saturday when he was picked, I, I had a bunch of people tweeting me something along the lines of, there are not, because he was the 19th receiver taken, there are not 18 better receivers than Tylen Wallace. And it's so funny to me that, that like, we still kind of group receivers in general in, like, the same category, right? Like, right. is Tylen Wallace the 19th best receiver in this draft? I mean, no, I don't think so. But you have to remember, when you look at the guys that were taken ahead of him, half of those guys are slot receivers, Half. Yeah, there wasn't. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of uh, the outside talent in this receiver class. Definitely did not compare to the guys that play in the slot. Yeah, like this was a very talent-rich slot receiver draft, and like it's like I, I've heard people say like Tutu Atwell is not as good as Tylen Wallace, or Dwayne Eskridge is not as good as Tylen Wallace. Like, regardless of what that what what your opinion is there. They don't really play the same position. Are they receivers? Yes. Do they catch the football? Yes. But they're offering the offense something completely different than Tylen Wallace. So, like, if you go into the draft and you need a slot receiver, Tylen Wallace isn't somebody you are considering. Like, that's the that's the thing that I, I keep trying to explain to people when we talk about these receivers and where they go. Tylen Wallace wasn't really the just 19th receiver taken off the board. Like, you have to look at, if the Jets wanted a slot receiver, Tylen Wallace wasn't in consideration there, and they took Elijah Moore. 
the Giants wanted a slot receiver, so they took Kadarius Toney. They have Kenny Galladay. You know, they, they, they have the their guys, outside yeah. guys. Like, a lot of these teams have their outside receivers, and they were looking for a slot guy specifically to complement what they already have. So, it's it's a little bit apples to oranges when you start comparing Tylen Wallace to a lot of these receivers that were taken ahead of him. It's not as much about whether Tylen Wallace is a better receiver than they are, as much as... He doesn't do what they do, and if you're specifically looking for that role, then that's not Tylen Wallace. And, and to, I mean, you have to acknowledge the fact that Tylen Wallace hasn't, like, I know he ran that good 40, but when you watch him on tape, I, he's he's got, like, football athleticism. Like, he, he flashes on the field with his play, but you don't, he doesn't necessarily have that, like, athleticism that just kind of, like, Drops your drops your jaw. You know what I mean? Like he's a good athlete, yeah. but I think he's a better football player than he's an athlete for sure. And I love that about him. Right? It, absolutely, and that's why I think he's going to be a solid NFL receiver if he stays healthy. But it's just when Agreed. you're when teams are evaluating him, and a lot of these teams aren't attending games live; they're just kind of watching tape. Um, that you know, and all that stuff, especially with guys that they're they know they're not taking the first few days. So yeah. I, I could see why teams would pass on. I, I could see why a team would p- take like a Deami Brown over a Tylen Wallace because Deami Brown flashes like his his athleticism, especially to get downfield. I think is something that set him apart from you know uh, guys like Tylen Wallace and uh, other outside guys that were taken later in the draft. I I guess I'm on right. I'm on Ross St. Brown is more of it. He's going to play slot probably because at USC he was way better in the slot and then they moved him outside and it didn't really. Uh, they didn't really play super well. I don't. Th- I, yeah, I'll, I'll be curious to see how he's used because I think he is not like quick Tyler enough Wallace to be a slot him. guy. I think he in college, I think he could he could play that position and get away with it. But in the NFL, right. I don't think he's quick enough to play that well, role. I mean, I, so I, I don't know. I said it a couple of weeks ago. I'm not. I do. I don't. I don't see the uh, the Ross St. Brown like hype. I, yeah. I I thought that him being a second round receiver. Uh, or early third was a bit of a reach, but I like Tyler Wallace better than him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, a guy like Deami Brown. I think Deami Brown. You know, you know that he's going to give you a, like something specific that is going to have an impact on your offense, and that's his ability to stretch the field. Um, so I probably don't like Tyler Wallace better than him. But yeah, I mean, Tyler Wallace probably, as far as outside guys go, he's probably what like top five, top six. Yeah, I think in that like yeah six seven range probably. Yeah. So I think that's probably justified for him to go 131, go the fourth round. Because like you said, like there's just not a lot of teams that are looking for outside guys in this draft, especially when there's right. just not like these outside guys that just kind of wow you. Well, and we just had a wide receiver class a year ago that was loaded with receivers. So like this one is also loaded with receivers. A right. lot of teams addressed that last season. And even though, you know, maybe a bunch of those guys haven't really materialized yet, it's only been a year. Like, you got to give them a little more time than a year. So, yeah, I think yeah. when you, when you really look at it for what it was, Tylen Wallace wasn't the 19th receiver taken. Although he was, like, again, half of those guys were slot receivers. So, like, it's not even really this. It's not it's really like, the same conversation. Right. Is all it, I'm it's saying. like it's like comparing like uh, like a guard to a tackle, I guess. Yes. Like they both play offensive line. Right, but their roles are completely that's, different. That's exactly yes. That's exactly what it is. 
Yeah, if you're like, well, Creed Humphrey was the 19th offensive lineman taken. Well, yeah, center, like, though. is he that is is he the 19th best just offensive lineman? No, he's obviously way better than that. But there were a lot of teams that weren't addressing the center position in the first round. Like, nobody addressed the center position in the first round. Right. So you have but, to understand, like, what the position is and what teams are looking to fill in the NFL draft. It's not just like, he plays wide receiver, so let's just go grab the best. We need a receiver, so let's just grab the best receiver that's available. Like, it doesn't work that way. I'm trying to think of teams that don't have a good receiver that can play on the outside and... Philadelphia, maybe. Like yeah. I, like I'm like racking. Well, my and they brain took Devonte Smith in the first round of this draft. Right. Who was? I mean, he was second or third in everybody's like rankings. Yeah. For receivers, so like. And they took a first round receiver play. a year ago, so like they they probably weren't going to dedicate that many more draft picks to the Tyler receiver Wall, position yeah. because they have a lot of needs. Now I am curious how they're what they're going to do with Jalen Rager and Devonte Smith at the same time on the field. Yeah. Uh, that'll be interesting. Um, Dallas definitely doesn't. New York doesn't. We just talked about them. Washington could have used an outside receiver. They went with Elijah Moore, right? Washington got De'Ami Brown. De'Ami right? Brown. Okay, so yeah. there you go. They they got their outside guy. Um, oh, sorry. They went Jameen Davis the first round. Yeah. And then they got De'Ami Brown. They took De'Ami Brown before Tylen Wallace was drafted. So they, yeah, they filled that need. Uh and I, like I said, I like De'Ami Brown uh, a lot playing outside. Uh, t- too bad he doesn't have a. <laughs> Speaking of which, I saw another P- same PFF account that had the AFC North. They posted a picture of the Washington skill players, and it was like, who's stopping this offense? Oh, I did like, see what that. Are you talk- I did what are see you that. Talking yeah. about one, the quarterback. Two, Terry McLaurin is least good. Antonio Gibson's good, but like I don't think anybody's like terrified of that offense by any means. No, no, that's doing? ridiculous. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's just there's so many teams that just like because the receivers because receivers have become so good, and there's so many of them. I mean, we're gonna. Get, I, I really think we're gonna get to a point in like three years where the receiver value is just, it plummets because yeah. every team's going to be loaded up at receiver. It's going to be like the and, running back position. It's like, yeah. why would you take one early? Like there's just so many available. Right. And we, we've already, we've got three really good ones already. Yeah. Like we spent two first round picks in the past four years taking receivers. Like we're set. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, I love the fact that, uh, like, literally Saturday afternoon, the the draft hadn't even ended yet, and I came across a 2022 first-round mock draft on Saturday afternoon before the draft ended. Well, I mean, you got to get started. You need something to talk about. Get there first, right? Be the first to do it. Draft's over. Uh, I have, okay, so I'm glad you brought it up because I wanted to talk about this, but I completely forgot about it until right now. Um is there a guy, because why not? Let's just talk about it. Is there a guy that stands out as like, because Trevor Lawrence, before the season started last year, was yeah. as long as he didn't blow a knee out or a shoulder, he was the number one pick. Yeah. Next year doesn't have that, does it? Like, I, I've seen K, the Kayvon Thibodeau guy. I've seen Derek Stingley Jr. Like, those are the only two dudes that I see, like, locked in on all these early mock drafts in the top, like, five. Thibodeau's been locked in for two years. Um 
Like, unless something just really bad happens, he's going to be a top five pick. Same thing for Stingley. He's been locked in for two years now. Like, we, I mean, yeah, you guys, I mean, there was a, was a cult scout like two years ago and Stingley was a freshman. I was like, yeah. this dude's going to be yeah. like a first, this guy's a first round NFL pick. today. Yeah. He was like, this guy yeah. would be a first round pick right now as a true freshman. Yeah. So those two guys, I think, are can't unless like again, unless one of them like blows out a knee or just has a tragically bad collapse this season as far as production. Um, those guys, I think, are pretty locked in as far as being high draft picks. I would say this: unless Spencer Rattler has a bad season, I think Spencer Rattler is going to be. He's probably the favorite in my mind to be the number one right. pick next year. Like if if we were going to try to put odds on something or or I had the opportunity to win money based on who I thought had the best chance to be the first the first pick next year. I think you'd be crazy not to guess Spencer Rattler. His team is going to be good. You would imagine he's going to be incredibly productive. We saw the improvement just from one season without an off season to to dedicate to getting better. Lincoln Riley's going to have three starting quarterbacks in the NFL this year and now you have another one that has a year under his belt like the tools are there. He has the big arm. I, it's it's there for Spencer Rattler if he performs. I mean, bottom line. I'm looking at the uh, CBS mock draft for next year, and they have the Texans taking Kayvon Thibodeau, and uh, their reasoning is that they took Davis Mills, so why would they take a quarterback with the first pick in the next draft? There you go. They're, like, the logic is just mind-boggling. Yeah. They have the number one pick. And your logic is well, they drafted a quarterback in the third round last year, so why would they why would they take the right. top quarterback in this class? Oh, it's insane. Yeah, but uh, I mean, next year's looking it looks it's looking like it's going to be a uh, market correction from twenty this past draft. It's going to be a lot more defense early in the first round, at least the way that it's looking right now yeah. is um, we're going to see more defensive guys. Uh, I was watching a little bit of tape yesterday of Malik Willis, the quarterback at Liberty. Liberty, yeah. Yeah, and he's uh he's up on the radar and a lot of boards early in this draft next year. And uh I I like it. I don't love his I don't love what I saw on the tape, but the only thing that I could keep thinking is how the hell did Bo Nix beat him out at Auburn? Oh, that's easy. He's a legacy. His dad was Patrick well, Nix, starting quarterback for the Auburn Tigers. I mean Well, there you go. I would say this when Bo Nix first started playing his freshman year, like obviously there was a ton of upside. The problem is he's never really developed much further. So like the physical tools are there for him to be a good college quarterback. Well, I don't mean, is the arm there? We've just never really. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's good enough to have success in the college level. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I'll buy that. We've just never really seen him progress like college offenses you don't have to have like the guy that can throw the ball 50 yards down the field no I mean who was the quarterback when Auburn went to the national championship in 2013 was it uh I don't even remember that was Cam Newton no no no, no. 2013 when they lost the oh State. yeah 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 uh oh what was his name exactly I mean that's yeah I got it to the point right yeah Marshall maybe something Marshall I I couldn't even. I'm gonna have to look it up because I couldn't even tell you if you were right or wrong. It was. Uh, let's see. Of course, I, I think it was uh, something Marshall, but I could be wrong. It was. 
Nick Marshall. Nick Marshall. No, Nick Marshall was a receiver. Okay. Hmm. No, it was Nick Marshall. Hang on. Yeah, yeah, you're okay. right. Okay. Right. Or you're right. He, uh, if you're curious what he does now, he plays cornerback, cornerback in the CFL. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there you go. I'll, it, here's what's really interesting. Lincoln Riley is going to have three starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Going into his final season, Baker Mayfield was not viewed as a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. And then he became the number one pick in the draft. Going Which into his going... one starting season in Norman, Kyler Murray, everybody was like, he's going to play one year of football, and then he's going to be a Major League Baseball player. So he also didn't have the expectations of being an NFL quarterback. Jalen Hurts came over, and it was one of those things that like, it was just like, hey, maybe if he plays for Lincoln Riley, he'll get drafted somewhere along the way. Like, nobody had him as a... We were even shocked when he went as high as he did in the draft after having a productive season. So, like, the three guys that are going to be starting quarterbacks in the NFL for Lincoln Riley at OU, none of them had expectations of being that when they went into their final season in Norman or their loan season in Norman for, for two of the three. Spencer Rattler's in a completely different situation because everybody assumes that if he has a good season, he's at worst a top five pick, but probably right. the number one overall selection. Yeah, the, and those quarterbacks that you mentioned, the, the only one that I think was way off base with not really thinking that they were going to be drafted in the first round or as high as they were is Baker Mayfield. Like, Kyler Murray, it makes complete sense that you would think he would go play baseball yeah. because for what we had seen today and him, yeah, he'd already been drafted in the first round. What we had seen from him today and him was kind of, I mean, it, it just didn't really do much for you. Yeah. And then he comes out and he's the best quarterback in college football the next year, obviously, or one year starting at OU and wins the Heisman. And, you know, I fall in love with his, like him as a quarterback. And I, I still think he's the best quarterback Lincoln Riley's had at OU. But Baker Mayfield, like, he already started two years. Like, it's not like, it's not like his senior year out of nowhere. He just developed this elite arm strength. Right. So that, that one was a little weird because there was nothing that changed from his junior year to his senior year at OU that boosted his draft stock other than what winning the Heisman. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, the, I have no reason to think that if, like you said, if Spencer Rattler is, good this year that he's not a top five pick yeah because i think i mean really last year what would you say his his biggest like weakness or con was that's probably his decision making i mean down the stretch it wasn't yeah i mean he had just the normal young quarterback issues early last year like go watch any quarterback that's starting for the first time in a in a power five conference And they're going to make a lot of the same mistakes that Spencer Rattler made. And, like none of none of that was like egregious. Like, oh man, this guy has some some issues. And and by the end of the year, a lot of that was fixed, for sure. And he completed sixty seven percent of his passes last year. How many passes were dropped? A ton, especially with the first like four to five games of the year. A ton. Yeah. And yeah, I mean the whole team. Like the difference between that OU team in the second half of the year and the beginning of the year, it was just night right. and day. Like they were, I mean, they were probably what, one of the five to eight best teams in the country last year by the end of the season, if not higher. 
I think if you just want to say who they were at the end of the year, I think they were one of the best four teams at the end it's of the easily year. Easily arguable. I mean, but yeah, yeah, obviously the entire resume didn't get them into the playoff. But if you just said who are the best four teams right now today, OU was probably the fourth. Yeah, with the way the defense played after uh, Ronnie Perkins came back, and mm-hmm. then yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they were rolling, and you. I mean, I think that's kind of the deal too. Is we need to see. Spencer Rattler improve like we saw him improve throughout the year last year he needs to be better this year yeah which I think is completely possible like that receiving core should be better uh especially with uh Mims right he was a freshman yeah yeah if he continues to improve and becomes you know that standout number one dude like yeah I mean I think it's completely setting up for Spencer Rattler to be in Detroit or Houston in 2022 yeah oh Detroit I, I think Sam Howell anybody, but well, hell, I'd rather go to Detroit right now than Houston. Give me Houston. Oh, no chance. You're not. That front office is never going to set you up to win. At least Detroit just had a good draft. Yeah, they did have a good draft, but you still have to live in Detroit. Well, you can live like I don't know, I don't know if there are good suburbs around Detroit that are worth living in. I mean, right now though, like, it's between <laughs> you still Sam have to Howell go and... into Detroit. <laughs> Okay, yeah, look, it's not the best situation. I understand that, like, yeah, Detroit, you know, made Barry Sanders retire young. I know that they made Calvin Johnson retire young. Sure, they're two best players they've ever had. They basically, like, took the love of football away from them (laughs) very quickly. Sure, I understand that. I understand that, you know, they had one good quarterback, depending on how you feel about Scott Mitchell, and <laughs> sure, they drove that guy insane to the point where he had to get out within like 10 years. I understand. Yeah. But yeah, it's got to be like the quarterbacks next year right now on paper. It's got to be between, uh, be between Sam Howe and Spencer Rattler, right? Like, like the Slovis kid at USC, like, I don't. Yeah, I think he, if he has a good year, he'll, he'll be in that conversation. Conversation. Yeah. Malik Willis, just from what I was watching, I mean, I watched like five to ten minutes of highlights of him the other day. I think he's probably, out of those three, going to be comfortably fourth. Like, I think he's in a Mac Jones situation where if a team loves him, they'll take him very early. But I think that, like, he's just kind of, he's he's easily a notch below the top guys. I obviously know who he is, but I haven't watched him at Liberty at all. Like, I've not even seen highlights of him at Liberty, so I don't know. I mean, there's it, there's good like tape there, but yeah. he doesn't have like that to me the standout tape that Trey Lance had, but he but he still has that like competition argument. Yeah, like he's good, like he's got a good arm and he's athletic, but like it's just it doesn't wow. It didn't wow me necessarily like a, a Zach Wilson or a uh, Trey Lance did. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think it's uh, Spencer Rattler is my leader, though. Like I, he plays for a team that's going to have a lot of success. He plays for a coach that uh, is a proven quarterback developer. We saw the improvement in year number one. He's going to have an off season with his teammates for the first time. Uh, they're going to be favored to make a college football playoff. Like it's all there for him. So uh, you know, we'll see how he handles the expectations because that's the one thing that. You know, despite what you want to say about what we knew about Baker Mayfield or, you know, the hype surrounding Kyler Murray, like, 
those guys didn't come into a season with the expectation that a they were going to win a Heisman. Like we we weren't talking about maybe maybe a little bit with Baker, but like certainly not with Kyle. Like nobody was saying Kyler Murray's going to be the Heisman Trophy. No player. chance. No, there were um, people who would have thought he'd be drafted at, right at his size. Right. We hadn't really seen him perform well. Yeah. Yeah. And for for Spencer Rattler, like it's. Heisman Trophy, like if you, I would say he's the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. It's OU having their best chance to potentially win a national championship uh, in in the last 10 years. And it's, you know, number one pick in the NFL draft. So massive expectations. If he can deal with the expectations, like I I think uh, everything else is there. 100%. Uh, Another quarterback that I'm going to, I'm excited to watch this season uh, is the kid, the Cincinnati kid, Desmond Ritter. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm excited to see, like, what he can do because he's yeah. big and athletic. And, I, you know, I've seen some it's early mock drafts, like, take him for it with a grain of salt. They're usually completely wrong. But seen him floating around in a few in the first round. Yeah, he's and, on the first round radar. And the kid out of Nevada. Um, oh, Jordan Love? No. Uh, Jordan that was Love Colin 2.0. Carson Strong, yeah. I think, is his name. Uh, and then uh, the Arizona State kid, Jaden McDaniels, I believe. Okay. What, oh, man, Arizona State. Is Jake Plummer the last quarterback they've had taken in the first round? I it's believe be so. Right. Osweiler was a second-round pick, right? Or third? Yeah, yeah. He was, well, yeah, second at the earliest. Yeah. Yeah, Plummer. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. Um Okay, the draft's over, and I'm just ready. Like, is it, I'm ready for the game to start now. Yeah, let's play like, football. Like, what do I do now? Let's yeah. play foot. Yeah, I don't know what to do with my hands. Like, at least last year, I didn't get teased with like OTAs and like mini camp and stuff like that. Yeah. So, and now I'm like, I'm gonna have to deal with that again. I'm gonna like see highlights of them like doing mini like OTAs and stuff. And I'm like, damn. Yeah. Only like five more months. Brutal. You last are ki- you are gonna up. kick my ass in fantasy baseball this week, so there's that. Well, I mean, we're it's close right now. Well, yeah, right now, I, dude. Arizona. I have I have eight players that are hurt. We only have three IL spots. I have eight players that are hurt. Jacob Degrom got hurt yesterday, so he's probably not going to pitch this week. Period. So you avoid yeah. my ace. Corbin Burns is my number two. He's out. So you're not going to get to. You're not going to get either one of my best two pitchers. Uh, Anthony Rendon just got hurt yesterday. Uh, yeah, my team is beat up. It's bad. Eight players, eight hurt players, Aaron. And I've actually, and I subbed a couple out just cause I had to have some people playing, but like the guys that are hurt now, like I can't, I can't cut. And look, you're just, you're running into a team that put it together this year. I mean, sometimes, you know, look, my team's finally there. Yeah. I, I, I'll probably they'll probably all get hurt. Like all my pitchers will be hurt within three weeks. But you know, I drafted I drafted good pitching roster. I completely just ripped off your strategy and just like loaded up on pitchers early. Yeah, it's working out. Well, it's so, not about just that. just loading up on pitchers. I mean, you have to make the right evaluations too. Because well, I mean, yeah, there are always I, a bunch of pitchers that that are ranked high that I'm like I don't want that guy at all. Oh well, but, yeah. I mean, I, you yeah. gotta. But yes, you you knocked it out of the park in that regard. Sorted out of the weeds for sure. But yeah, you knocked it out of the park in that regard. So, well done, Thank you. dude. I'm I'm having such a hard time, um, doing the NBA thing. 
I look, I've said it a couple of months ago. Like I just, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because I just covered the league so much for like, well, like four years straight that it, I've just kind of, I'm kind of burnt out on the NBA a little bit. Um, it's just, I don't know. Like, I wish I was into it because it seems like a fun season. Like the Suns are the first, a number one seed in the West. Like there's a lot of fun yeah. conversations to be had right now, but I just, I can't find my interest in maybe when the playoffs start, but even then I'm kind of annoyed that they're doing the play in tournament, which I'm not like LeBron right. James level annoyed, but like, right. I think that two teams or too many teams already get in the playoffs in the NBA as it is like, all right. Well. <laughs> what the hell just happened? <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think I just broke my keyboard. <laughs> so that happened. Oh, uh, wow. okay. Yeah, anyways, too many teams get in the playoffs anyway. Yeah. The first round of the playoffs in the NBA is completely pointless. Like, yeah. it's just a waste of a week. Like, it's a waste of two weeks. Like, it's just, it, yeah, yeah it, I don't know. The product's just kind of watered down at this point for me. Yeah. Like, it's all it's it's like a combination for me of, like, the Thunder are obviously nowhere close to being a playoff team, so there's no local interest uh, as far as, like, the playoffs and, and going oh, to the yeah. next level. The playoffs are watered down, so more teams make it, which means the regular season has even less value than it already did, and that has been very evident by the defense that is played on a regular basis. Like, it's non-existent. Um, I think the fans not being there has really impacted my enjoyment level of the game. Like, I, I just, it yeah, doesn't feel the same playing in it's these a sport empty that needs fans yeah yeah, yeah like it, baseball is fine without fans but right basketball it doesn't play oh very it's well. brutal yeah it, and then uh and then the last part of it is I just feel like how many stars NBA all-stars have missed significant time this year yeah like it's just a all of those things I think just factor into me just kind of being like eh. that see that's kind of I I just thought about that a second ago is I, and I don't think that football football definitely doesn't deal with this in the NFL. I don't think that Major League Baseball does, but I, I don't think it's fair to you know necessarily compare the baseball product to right to the NBA. But I just feel like the conversation is the same every year in the NBA right now. Like it's just it's the same dudes at the top like that are in the MVP conversation. Like I, obviously, it's a lot of fun to see Jokic, you know probably win the MVP this year, but I don't, I, I don't know. It, it, I just feel like we don't really get, it's not very, there's not a lot of parody in the NBA. Yeah. That's why I love the NFL is because the way the sport is and just the way the NFL is set up with the, the CBAs and everything, like there's a great amount of parody. Like who knows? Like a team in the NFL could be a three win team one year and then win 11 games the next year. It happens all the time. But in the NBA, it's just kind of like the same dudes. Like it's LeBron every year. Yeah. I think that I think that's a big part of it. It's just I'm so worn out from the same dudes just constantly be like those teams winning. And it's the way that the sport is. Like yeah. it's one guy in basketball can have a huge impact on a team. So a guy like LeBron is no matter where he goes, he's going to win. But I don't know. I just don't. I don't feel like the conversation changes very often in in the NBA. Yeah. 
I to me, I think it's just an energy slash urgency issue. Like, there's no energy within these games. Every time I try and watch, like, I think uh, who was it that was on the other day that I I tried to watch some of. I can't even remember, but it was like there was just no energy in the game. And I right. think that's where you miss the fans. I, I think having that that full house impacts the energy in the game. But secondly, once again, with the expanded playoffs, the urgency is just completely gone. Like nobody feels the need to really turn it on. Because, I, I mean, if you're worth a damn, you're getting it. You're going to have a chance, right? Like yeah. it's just. We talked about it a few months ago when we, you know, bef- when we were talking NBA before when the season was starting, is that like there's just no defense. I mean, already you don't really have a ton of defense being played right. in the regular season, but like it's become even less. Because, oh, it's non-existent like said, now. Yeah, yeah. There's no energy, and like if you're, what is the only thing that? I mean, not the only thing, but like a huge driving factor for, uh, you know, dudes like. I don't know, like a Terrence Ferguson or Andre Robertson, just like pick guys that are defensive specialists. You need like you need some energy to feed off. You need a crowd to feed right. off of. Otherwise, just like who cares? Yeah. Let's just have a hundred and fifty one to hundred and forty five point game. Yeah. Which we saw with the Thunder. I mean, they didn't score hundred and forty. It all points, feels the, it, uh, it just it feels very flat. And this isn't a Thunder thing. This is like an NBA the across thing. the every time I've tried yeah. to watch a game, it just feels so flat. And I think, yeah, I think the players are just like, you don't get, the, you're not getting that necessarily like, uh, say, the, the, like you said, the energy and like that yeah. motivation. I don't know. Just like, it's just not there, man. Like yeah. the entertainment aspect just hasn't been there for me this year. And I, I think there was a certain excitement when they were in the bubble. Like, I think those guys kind of enjoyed they the environment the and yeah. yeah, it was something new and they were all around each other, which I think created like a competitive environment Whereas with this model, I think it just has become a massive grind on these guys. Like, oh, for sure. you have to show up to the arena and get tested. And like, it, it just, it's a long process to play these NBA games without having fans there, without having the same urgency. And uh, yeah, I think it's just, I mean, it's become a massive grind and it feels flat routinely. For months. I mean, you're constantly just flying thousands of miles to go play in an empty gym. Yeah. Night after night, you're just going, yeah. you're flying thousands and thousands of miles. And you're like, I know, I know most teams have allowed some fans into the games, but I don't know. I, and, and two, I think that when you consider the fact that these NBA, do, I mean, how but their offseason was like a month and a half. Yeah. Like six short. weeks of an offseason. And in that, they had free agency. So it's not a lot of these guys like are still dealing with stuff. They're not really yeah. getting away from it. The draft, every, like, it's just you're going straight from the co- the bubble and like kind of the grind of doing all that and like the mental where I like I know that the mental where it had a mental drain on a lot of players being in the bubble of being stuck in there for yeah some of them were in there for months yeah like the Lakers and Heat were in there for months and then you get out and you get like a month and you really can't go do anything because you can't risk getting COVID right in that four or five weeks that you're out. And then you come back and you're just immediately put into the grind of a, a still a long season. Yeah. Everybody's gas tanks are on empty. Like I said, it feels For flat. Sure. You're not getting the energy from the crowd. Um, you know, like if you listen to JJ Reddick's podcast at all, like he's talking numerous times this year about just the, like you have to get there so much earlier to go to sit in your car, 
wait to be tested, go back to your car, wait for the results. Then you can come in and do a meeting. And then like the meals are completely like, it's, it's like, he's, he's like the amount of time has doubled that it takes to do your normal routine. And it's just, he's like, it's exhausting. Yeah. It's, and I look, I, I, I think, I hope the playoffs are better. I think, We'll they, get I mean, the they will rounds. be because it actually the, means something, but yeah. I, I, I think the later rounds will be fine, but yeah. I, I think the first round, I wouldn't be shocked in that first round of the playoffs if we saw like half the series and in sweeps. Yeah, could be. Or it's teams just, are going to just be shocked to have to play against resistance for the first time all year. It's true. And everybody's going to like, be like, what the hell? We might have some like 75 to 78 games because right. dudes don't know how to play against defense. Right. For the first time all season long, somebody's actually staying in front of you. It's like, whoa, yeah. what is happening here? Yeah. Crazy, yeah, man. It's been tough, though. Like, I, like the fact that I enjoyed the, that, the, the basketball that I've enjoyed the most in the past like six months has been March Madness. And I hate college basketball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, my friend, always appreciate it. Uh, we will catch up again uh, next Wednesday. Um, I'll, uh, I had a couple ideas for a draft this Friday, but I'm not sure if we're going to do a draft or not, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you know uh, if, we, if we get back on track with that this week. Um, I had the idea Oscars week, but um, there were other things happening to just draft, like not Oscar-winning movies, but finalist for Oscar because they never pick the right movie, in my opinion. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, no, they never do. Um, and then I've got a couple others, but we can uh, we can throw around those ideas if uh, if Friday's going to work. But let me know. I'll draft. Hey, I'm always down to draft. Same, same. I always like winning the drafts. So, well, I mean, <laughs> all right, all right, buddy. I, I right, appreciate it. Thank you to Aaron Davis for once again joining me every Wednesday on the Colby Daniels Podcast. We are presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. If you're unfamiliar with these products or their health benefits, don't hesitate to reach out to Artisan Botanicals. They have a staff dedicated to helping you live a better life. 405-458-9699. These products are there to help with pain, anxiety, or just opioid alternatives. So again, reach out to Artisan Botanicals with any questions you have. And we're saving you 15% when you order online. Abotanicalcompany.com. Use the discount code ColbyShow, C-O-L-B-Y-S-H-O-W, discount code ColbyShow, to save 15% off when you order online. Abotanicalcompany.com. Everybody, have a great day. Stay safe, and I will see you tomorrow. Podcast is over.